I once brought a jackass and a honeycomb into a brothel. Silence! What happened next? All right, kids, here we go. Next seminar up October 13th through the 15th, then December 8th through the 10th, and then February 9th through the 11th. Workshop for personal trainers still going on. This is geared towards folks in the fitness community that are actively working as group fitness coaches or personal trainers or what have you and are interested in learning more about the starting strength methods, the principles, cover off on how we approach barbell training. Participants will be able to coach one another through the five-step deadlift setup as well. There are discounts available for folks that are actively in the business at this time. You can also earn some continuing education credits. Actually, you can earn continuing education credits on any of our seminars and camps, not just these. Next one's coming up September 23rd in Katy, Texas at Starting Strength Katy, and then October 21st on Long Island. Some self-sufficient lifter camps going on. A couple spots left in Wichita Falls on September 16th, then Omaha, Nebraska, September 23rd at Testify, and then back to Wichita Falls on November 4th. Squat camp going on in Astoria, Queens, New York. That's October 7th. A couple press and bench press camps going on September 2nd in Indianapolis, Starting Strength Indianapolis, and then September 23rd in Long Island. Also going on on Long Island, deadlift and power clean camp on December 2nd. And then soon to come is going to be a squat and deadlift camp in November in Baltimore. That'll hit the board here shortly. And then some three-lift camps going on in Europe. October 21st, Brussels, Belgium at Brussels Barbell. Then November 19th in Glasgow, Scotland, I think has one spot left at the time of this recording. And then December 9th just added in London. And then folks, Ray Gillenwater of Ask a Jew fame has asked me to remind you that all starting strength gyms are offering a free 30-minute session. You can sign up for this session risk-free come in learn about the program learn about the membership learn one of the lifts and find out if the gym is going to be a right fit for you to find a location near you head over to startingstrengthgyms.com scroll all the way to the bottom hit locations and see if there's one nearby worth checking out or just click the free session button at the top and as usual for more information on anything else that i've talked about head over to startingstrength.com and check out the right hand side of the homepage. From the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas. From the finest mind in the modern fitness industry. The one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession. The most important podcast on the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, starting Strength Radio. Welcome back to Starting Strength Radio. <laughs> you stupid fools. Once again, we've tricked you into joining us here on the podcast. And, uh, you know, just so that you are not terribly disappointed with us, we're going to do some. Uh, we're going to do some things today that maybe you'll like, maybe you won't. You'll know here in a few minutes whether you want to continue watching or not. Uh, I'd advise you to keep watching because you just don't know what we're going to do. And I don't know what we're going to do till we get there. So, um, anything going on you guys want to talk about? Um, <clears throat> they're pretty upset with you about the uh, strength and conditioning stuff. Man, it's hot. Yeah, it is hot. These sweat rags here all, <laughs> all sweated out. Tot strength conditioning video from last week. That's public, by the way. You guys can watch that. Ruffled some feathers. Ruffled some feathers. Ruffled some feathers on some 
fucking chickens. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's good. We didn't ruffle any eagle feathers. We ruffled some chicken. Just feathers. wait till Seedman catch, catches wind. <laughs> turkey feathers, maybe. <laughs> You make them after rip. Well, oh, yeah, that'd be great. Might, you could take. He might be a badass martial artist. Ah, I don't know. I don't think so. That's what Mister Forty Four Special is for, though. <laughs> he looks kind of low T. I can't fight. I just shoot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm too crippled to get in a fight with anybody. I just, just those of you that want to fight with me, just I'll shoot you. I'm not going to fight. Can't do it. Knees bad. Both shoulders are all fucked up. I'm not fighting anyone either. I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. I'm not going to do it, man. So, anyway, well, I guess we better go ahead and get this thing over with here. Yeah. Uh, get some air conditioning if we finish this up. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's go. Yeah, get back in the car and let yep. the air <laughs> blow on. The, the AC's been on in here since 10 a.m. And it's still just. It hasn't kept up. Yeah. It's not keeping up. It's yeah. not down to thermostat yet. No, it's not. All right, well, <clears throat> then let's go ahead and get this thing here over with. This is uh, the the little part of the show that we lovingly refer to as comments from, from the haters. But it's, it's a loving reference. Yeah, absolutely. You should... Love those who hate you. That's what they say. You know what they say? Yeah. <clears throat> is that a Bible thing? Turn the cheek. I think they're wrong, but turn the other cheek. That is what they say. Is that a Bible thing? Probably. Mm. Love your enemies or some shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you love them, you're not. They're not your enemies. Unless they hate you. Unless they hate you. <laughs> but you but love if them. If you love them, no. so then they're not your enemies. They're not your enemies. You may be their enemy, but see how confusing all that biblical Love shit is? conquers all. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's, that's obviously true. Uh, all right, now let's see. Uh, this is in response to, to be a big, strong man, you have to do big, strong man things. It's a clip you guys put together, right? Mm-hmm. Controversial topic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, I, this is... If you want to be strong, you got to be big and strong. got to be big and strong. If you want to be big and strong, you got to be strong, and then you get big. All right, so here's a comment uh, from someone who obviously does not understand what we do here. Phil Heath doesn't lift barbells often, and he's top three at Mr. Olympia. These guys... It's us. Yeah, right look like they've never lifted a day in their lives okay phil heath is a big boy i don't even know who he is until i don't just either. now that i'm looking at the i don't know bodybuilding I, I, apparently this guy didn't understand the part about we don't do bodybuilding we're just concerned about how strong we want to look i don't care how you look carl look look is bullshit look Walks down the road with a carrot in its ass. All right? That's what look does. I really appreciate how he uh, presumes to know what Phil Heath does as well. Yeah. I don't know. Who <clears throat> I don't know who is. Phil Heath is, but uh, I don't know who he is. I'm pretty sure this guy no. has no and, idea you know, what Phil Heath's training Phil consists Heath of. Finds out that we don't know who he is. I doubt that'll bother him either. Not a bit. All right? 
All right, now let's continue on here. Why would a surgeon move to Tulsa and Oklahoma and open a gym? <laughs> I'm a native born and raised Tulsan. <clears throat> Don't move here. <laughs> Stop funding this state. You are helping feed a state based off of racketeering and making criminals. Wow. Tulsa is a facade. <laughs> it's a nice facade. That's, Tulsa's I not love Tulsa. That's hard. Man. Tulsa's great. That's a harsh comment yeah. about Tulsa. I kind of like Tulsa. I'm becoming a fan of Oklahoma. Yeah. Oklahoma City's good. You know, it's good. Oklahoma City's fine. Yeah. I don't, I, you know. Their roads still we, suck. We Their roads are to, terrible. Well, everybody's roads suck. Yeah, not, God, not as bad as Oklahoma. Oklahoma's You're are driven bad. around in Dallas. Dallas is Dallas a third is, world country at this point. It's a point. third world country it, it, as far as roads are yeah. concerned. They don't count. If you don't hit a pothole <laughs> every block. The the interstate highway in Oklahoma that you pay $20 to drive shit. on is yeah. garbage. It's yeah, shit. Oh, there's no doubt about that. You know, all the highways. I-44 is. Yeah. It, you you ought to try to drive down that in that big long fucking truck I've got. I've I've driven it in my F two fifty. It was miserable. Yeah, you, you get a you get a herniated fucking disc driving yeah. down. The I drove I drove to Corpus oh, this weekend and it's great. Aside from it's, Dallas, it's great. It's like a race. Fantastic, beautiful. Yeah. No roads in Texas have always been better than the equivalent in Oklahoma. But in terms of living in Oklahoma, no question, there is no Oklahoma equivalent of Austin. Yeah, that's, there is not. That's one hundred percent true. Right? There's not. Do they have an income tax? Do you, are you they thinking? have a little bitty income tax. Yep. That I doesn't amount so. to a damn thing. Every time I visit Tulsa, yeah. I say I could probably live here. Yeah, Tulsa's fine. Tulsa's fine, yeah. man. Pretty town, big mature trees, four seasons, all kinds of restaurants that aren't red lobster. <laughs> you know. <laughs> All kinds of nice little parks and places sure. to go and yeah. music and entertainment. It's a fucking great little town. It's fine. Nothing wrong with it. Not a damn thing wrong with Tulsa. So, now, don't move uh, there and ruin it, though. Uh, you know, that's one thing. But here's the thing. So every, just, hey, just shut up about Tulsa, man. It's, yeah. Every, look, and here's the other thing. Every native of every town thinks that their town is the worst, mm-hmm. unless you're from New York, right? Wichita Falls. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. I like Wichita. And, unless you're from New York, every place that people are from, they fucking hate it and they think it's the worst. Yeah. Uh, so that's, and if you're from New York, you feel compelled to make excuses for the. Of course, because it's the greatest place in the world. Greatest city in the world. Right. Greatest city in the world. Yep. Diversity is their strength. Diversity is their strength. Trash on the street <laughs> is their strength. That's the foundation the city is built on. That's the, found, the city is built on trash on the street. <laughs> and uh, shit sticks it together. <laughs> all right, now Jim Fox, our friend Jim Fox. Uh, this is in response to the uh, free 30-minute session clip. Uh, he says, this dude is a complete idiot. Don't listen to anything he says. He teaches horrible technique and is setting you up for injuries. You can't teach someone correct deadlifting form in 10 minutes. Oh, oh Okay. <laughs> That should be your first clue. Mm. Anyone that has lifted for any amount of time can watch his videos and see that they are full of horrible training and lifting techniques. Okay. Stay safe and stay away from this man, his gym, and his YouTube channel. 
That's that a serious a warning. Thorough-ass <laughs> condemnation. Shit, He's man. systematically gone through every aspect <laughs> of everything we do and has just condemned it. Man, the only thing better would have been if he said it takes a lifetime. It takes a lifetime. It takes a lifetime to, <laughs> to learn how to, to deadlift. To right? It takes a lifetime to get a mature deadlift. The very last a mature deadlift. deadlift. The very last deadlift you pull at, at the end of your life will be the only perfect we'll deadlift. Be the only perfect. <laughs> <laughs> what right. was that? What was the mature? That was a mature uh, <laughs> air squat, right? Was that the? Was that the quote? The mature, the mature air, air squat. Air squat. Mature. I seem to remember that from back yeah, in the day. Back in the day. Thing. <laughs> All right, here's the forces on the knee clip. Yes. I had to take 800 milligram ibuprofen <laughs> after watching this video. <laughs> That's a good one. All right. Now, here's a dangerous piece of advice. This is from Elite Function Fitness. Oh, good. Yeah. Take a shot every time Rip cuts the others off. <laughs> don't saw, do that. I saw I saw that one right before Man, I left here. Don't, you'll not survive. You'll be fucked up. You'll be real fucked up if you do that. All right. A triple C says. I told Rip it was a bad move taking it off YouTube years ago. Glad to see, as usual, I'm correct. Not going any deeper than that. <laughs> a you know why he's not C. going any deeper than that? Because there's nothing to go, because, nothing else. Because <laughs> if we were on YouTube, we'd have been off of YouTube. Well, that's yeah. true. That's true. Um, I think somebody responded with that very thing. If they would have stayed on YouTube, yeah. it would have been uh, deleted. Uh, it's just taken it. You know, I seem to remember when ACCC or whatever the fuck came into the gym and had this very serious discussion with you about it. You remember when he just walked in just and said, walked hey, in. Rip, I need to talk Plot to you. Plopped down, shut, shut his door you, on you the way in the office. You really reconsider this not being on YouTube thing anymore. You know, now that you mention it, I, I don't recall. This. No, me either. Just, yeah. <laughs> you don't that even, did not happen. Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> God damn. Oh, and here's one. All right. How to be a big, strong man. You have to do big, strong man things. Phil Heath doesn't lift barbells. He's top three at Mr. Olympia. These guys look like they've never lifted a day in their lives. Then we already, we already read about, that one. We already read that oh, one. We're I think, gonna have to I think we duplicated it. It was on here twice. Dear God. This, we have the worst production staff. Our production staff is pretty bad. So, so pretty terrible. fucking bad. All right. Well, anyway. Just one in another chain of All right. constant here. fuck ups. Put the edit right here. Then. I'm leaving it in. <laughs> so, any, anyway, uh, that's. I want some transparency. They need yeah, to know how fucked up shit is. Transparency, <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's transparency is our strength. <laughs> transparency yeah. is our strength. All right. Well, anyway, that's all we have for today of the segment that uh, we like to call comments from um, the haters. That looked like right. it kind of wore you out. It did. I'm kind of tired for some reason. All right, so you may have gathered... That the today's show is yeah. a what we call a paper Q&A. <clears throat> paper Q&A is what that's our in-house term. 
that indicates that we are going to take your questions off of the internet instead of off the phone that's a live q a is what we call that call in q a all right take your questions off of the internet print them out lay them on the desk and leave me to my own devices i'm helpless i'm relying only on my own native ability to answer questions and entertain the audience the studio audience as well as the audience on the internet for our show so that's what we're going to do for the rest of the day man i want to you know you guys hope you didn't miss uh the show we did with ed dowd that's a good show that's an excellent show i thought and um that's another uh, that one is free to watch free. on the you, network. You don't have to be a member of the of the network, although you ought to be anyway, cheap bastards. <laughs> and uh, you ought to be a member anyway. But if you're not and you want to watch our discussion with Ed Dowd about the vaccine and how everybody's lost their fucking minds over the past. Well, if you don't know three who Ed Dowd is, it's, it's it, more specifically, it's about excess deaths in mm-hmm. 2021 and 2020. If you don't know who Ed Dowd is, I guess, you know, he could have escaped your notice. He's just a Wall Street genius kind of guy. Knows the numbers. Knows the numbers, man. This guy knows the numbers. And you will learn something by watching that podcast. So I would, if I were you, it's what I would do, and I would buy his book yep. as well. We talk about that in the podcast. Right not, not to not to hijack this, but since we're on the topic of COVID, and I can edit this out if we don't want this in, um, we just had uh, a Chinese person come over here, and he is the second case officially of the uh, new COVID variant. The new terrifying, the terrifying new COVID, COVID variant. variant that will have us all rushing back to our masks and our six foot. What did they there call are reports. That? There are reports from the TSA saying that um, next month they're going to start enforcing masks again Jesus. on planes. Oh, really? Um, there Good. are there are rumors of a new vaccine and lockdowns coming in November. Excellent, excellent. Let's see what you fucking people do this time. Oh, they're just going to do the shall same. We, do shall the we? Shall we see what you thing. decide to do? Let's see if you decide to prostrate yourselves again, like a bunch of fucking farm animals. <laughs> You want to know what my theory is? Such disappointment. They're going to lock everybody down right when election's happening. All mail-in ballots. Well, that's what happened last time, if you recall. Oh, (laughs) man. You don't think that might have something to do with the outcome of the election. Mail-in ballots? Why? No. Elections are free and fair in the United States. And you're not allowed to question them. Oh, no, no. You question them. You're guilty of felonies. Unless you're Gavin Newsom. Unless, <laughs> unless you're Gavin Newsom or Stacey Abrams or Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton. Hillary Pelosi. Clinton, Nancy Pelosi. All these people that, you know, question the results of elections. Al Gore. You can't, mm-hmm. you know. Al Gore dared to question the results of that election. Bush should have thrown him in jail. Yeah. You, sir, are a felon. Yep. Hang him. <clears throat> Lamp posts. That's why we make them. That's what they're for. 
Do people in California like Gavin Newsom? I, I've always wanted to know. Like, is there anybody? I don't know. It's good. Well, him? they they'll you, say they'll say they like him, no matter what he does. We like him. He's a nauseating, repulsive lizard. Yeah, but what he is. Yeah. But but they are so stuck in their ideals of being a leftist, they're going to say they like him, no matter what he no does. No matter how bad he makes them puke. Mm-hmm. That's how that, fucking. That's not a normal human. That's how mentally ill these people are. Yeah, yeah, I I think you're right about that. He was throwing people in jail for breaking COVID lockdowns while he was having while he was breaking ha- COVID bro- while he was breaking COVID. Yeah, well, it's good. not. Yeah, I guess it's not hard to believe. That's people good. really, really fucking love Donald Trump. Like love mm-hmm. Donald Trump. Well, think he's Jesus. You and know, shit. Uh, so it's it's a similar deal. I don't love the guy, but if he's the nominee, and it looks like he's going to be the nominee. And the Democrats hate him so bad, they've got to completely ignore the history of the United States and arrest and indict their chief political rival in a presidential election. Well, turns out you have to vote. I'm voting for him. You had to vote for him. Even if I hate everything he did, I'd vote for him. But the thing is, is... I didn't like everything you did, but our economy was awesome. I didn't like everything you did, but I don't like everything you do, Rusty. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, nobody likes everything yeah. everybody does. Yeah. You know, I thought he made some grave errors with his personnel decisions. I thought he he was listening to the wrong fucking people most of the time. Listen to Anthony Fauci. Yeah. And a bunch of, with this fucked up vaccine, a bunch of people are dead, and it's Donald Trump's, that was his deal. And I'm sorry, that was wrong, and it was stupid. But. Well, whoever whoever was responsible what are you for, do? whoever was responsible for the uh, immunity that these companies have is, is ultimately responsible. And I don't know who that was, whether it was him or somebody else. I'm sure it was part of the deal. You know, it was so, part of the deal. So, you know. If you rush this sh- thing through. So that I can look like that I prompted the creation of this wonderful right. vaccine, then we will grant you legal immunity from yep. repercussions that may happen. And that was that you gave legal that, immunity that to the largest, stupid. to the biggest criminals in the history of the world. In the history of the world, and what know, did you th- what what you think would happen? <laughs> what did you think would yeah. happen? I think one of the most amazing things from the Ed show is. Ed taught us that 75% of the budget of the FDA, not the budget, 75% of the revenue coming into the FDA is from the pharmaceutical companies. Mm -hmm. From advertising, from pharmaceutical advertising. Now that, I think is what it said. No, no, it was the fees that. No, it's just the, the that's uh, just fees that they collected they from. Oh, the got FDA. it, got it, right, right. That yeah. the FDA yeah. collects seventy-five percent of their budget of their revenue was from yep. the people they are supposed to be regulating. Now, what the fuck? I don't know what else you say about that. You know, and yeah, everybody, I mean, you don't think there's a con? I mean. Everybody's willfully ignorant about that, but when you have the number there, you know, yeah. and, and there and there's links in the book to like the actual first uh, 
uh, what do you call it? The the primary sources on that information, so you can look at it yourself. Yeah, look when, at you, it. when you look at it, you're like, well, oh, fuck, that's a big it's number. Amazing <laughs> book, man. That, it's not only like partial. It's not only like maybe true. It's definitely true, and it's also a significant portion of the of the budget. So it's like all these things layered on top of it. It's it's real fucked. So you know that kind of thing over and over and over and over and over and over. All right, well, you know. Okay, now that we're all depressed. We're Sorry, all, guys. We're all suicidal. <laughs> now we all have to, yeah. Sorry. <clears throat> all right, let's my dive fault. into these terribly interesting questions. <laughs> let's get right into it. Get right to it. Let's go without wasting any, any time, time at all. 30 minutes. <laughs> get right into this. All right, Rip, do you consider yourself an atheist, agnostic, or religious in any capacity? From what I gather on what you posted in the past, I assume you're an atheist or agnostic, possibly. Whatever your answer is, how did you arrive at it? That's a deep one. Well, it's, you know, do I need to deal with that? You don't have to do you anything don't to you don't do want to do. I don't have to do anything. <clears throat> do you don't have to do anything. You don't, you're the boss in here. <laughs> well, you, you know, you're right. <laughs> You're all right. So what this guy wants to know is, do I have an invisible friend? <laughs> Sounds like And the answer is, no, I don't have an invisible he wants a, friend. He wants a label, and, and that's that's a thing that most people want. The problem, yeah. with, the problem with the atheist label is that it's, a, it's, a, it's an opposing religion. It's a religion itself. Right. Yeah, it's a religion in of itself. I mean, there are fundamentalist atheists, you know. For sure, mm-hmm. yeah. Those are some annoying motherfuckers, mm-hmm. man. You know, that's, that's uh, you know. To get together with other people that don't believe in something and, and that are really mad about it, we don't believe. They're really fucking mad about it, and they were mad at everybody else. <laughs> that requires a level of uh, just hatred that I just I'm just not that interested. Oh God! No, I just all I do is I don't have any invisible friends. Well, if I have an invisible friend, it's Thor. All right. If. <laughs> Side note, I've been using Afrin, oxymetazoline, based off your recommendations in the past, and it works great, but I'm having bad rebound congestion throughout the day and find myself using it again in the afternoon to breathe properly. Do you have to do the same, or how do you mitigate this problem? I just breathe through my mouth. <laughs> during the day, you don't care how you breathe during the day, you fool. Doesn't matter how you breathe during the day, dear. <laughs> You're, what you want to do is go to sleep, and if you use so much afrin that it fucks you up, life is so simple for Rip, man. You it's just, great. You, know, you just don't, don't. Just don't worry about it. Just use it before you go to bed, and get up, wash your nose out with your saline, and just don't worry about it till the next night, and then do it before you go to bed, and you'll be fine. I've been doing this for forty years; it hadn't been a problem. All right rebound congestion <laughs> you're too far you're far too picky about the quality of your day <laughs> that's what the problem here is oh man that's great <laughs> okay now cole stamper that was honk honk <laughs> thanks honk <laughs> all right cole stamper asks have you the team you slash the team thought about publishing a book about a larger array of exercises similar to the style of the blue book where the mechanics of the movement are broken down and described in detail i'm sure there are many articles on the site but would be nice if they were all in one place 
Fuck, so Cole is asking us if we intend to write <clears throat> and publish a book about a whole bunch of exercises that we don't use. The Encyclopedia of no. What's what's Arnold's book called? Encyclopedia of, of tra- bodybuilding, bodybuilding or, or some shit. Well, I mean, you can't get next to Bill Pearl's book. Yeah, he's the inner universe. That's the, that's look. You want you want instructions for for it wouldn't be a very, bunch of exercises. It wouldn't be very the inner universe. Yeah, it wouldn't be very interesting. It's not interesting. <clears throat> Bill's, you know, I never met Bill, but by all accounts, he's a great guy. Never heard anybody say a bad thing about him, but that book doesn't include any aspects of mechanics or anything like that. But I mean, you got fifty-two different squat variations. There's one way to squat. Yep. Well, here's the other. Th- here's you know? the other kind of more important point: is if you can, it, you can take chapter two, I guess, of the blue book. Is that where the squat mechanics is? Yes. Chapter two, check chapter two, the squat mechanics, and then the pulling mechanics stuff, and. <clears throat> And you don't have to become an expert, but you get a good working knowledge of those things. You can apply that to any exercise. Apply that to everything yeah, you want to know It just wouldn't be that about. interesting. You can apply right. that to barbell curls. For sure. Right. You know? I mean, all you got to know is a couple of little deals. You yep. need to know about center balance. You need to know about center mass. Right. Combined center mass of barbell lifter. You understand these concepts. I mean, there's not really a reason to. But more important, we don't use all those exercises. So why in the world would I spend a bunch of time writing a book about something that I have specifically said you didn't need to know? That would be dumb looking, wouldn't it? Why, that would make us all look like a bunch of dumbasses. But then people could say, it's in your book. So I did it. (laughs) All right. What would you say is the most significant vector vector for injury from asymmetric loading? There was a world record by Martin Lesis in the Steinborn squat where the weight goes entirely from one side of the body to the center, performed without injury. From what I can tell, as long as the spine stays mostly straight, the only injury would occur from loading one side of your body up to two times what it would normally be accustomed to. It's pretty specific. Well, I wonder how he arrived yeah. at the two times. Yeah. It's very specific. Uh, I asked because squatting heavy on a ship that is rocking seems inherently dangerous, but I feel like I've mostly gotten used to the unstable platform. <laughs> so long as it's not so bad that my spine gets out of alignment and I herniate a disc. <laughs> you ever been on a ship that big? How much How much movement are we talking? I don't know. I've never yeah, I don't have any here. idea. Now, I've been on a ferry a couple of times. Well, those things move quite a bit. But yeah. they're not huge. A, a I mean, big not ship? I don't know. Big naval I mean, ships. Jo- our friend Joe Lippo yeah, he'd be able to tell was us. in the Navy for his <clears throat> career. And he... But I remember him saying you you, uh, you could deadlift, but squatting, not such a good idea. Well, deadlift's over pretty quick. Yeah, right. And you, you know, just put the bar down. And you set it down yeah. and not hurt yourself setting it down. And they'd have wait to, like, for the roll everything. to be in the right place and do the deadlift. Right. I don't know. It, it it's I don't... Uh, I well, feel like well, here it's a bad on a idea. ship seems like a bad idea. I feel like, like it's a bad, bad idea. idea. Now they yeah. they do it, but I'd be careful. Yeah. Now here's the thing, though: people, you can't automatically assume asymmetric loading equals injury. No, right? Asymmetric loading over time, doing fucked up shit over time. That asymmetric could po- loading. Yeah. Why well, asymmetric loading is an entire discipline called functional. That's training. right. That's right. Yeah. And when you, you watch know. Martin do <laughs> the, the Steinborn lift, is where you pick it up, lean it, squ- 
you go to a squat you put, and then put it on the other you side? You put collars that you load the bar and you collar the shit out of it. Right, right, yeah. And then you pick it up, stand it up on one end like that. Yeah. And kind of get over underneath right. it, get squat your grip. Down. Squat down, let the thing fall on you right stand up squat back down stand up again and then set it down yeah on the other side or on the same side on the same side same i side. think well I, I mean this is this kind of follow now, just so you'll know phil anderson yeah oh yeah i remember the talking about that yeah i believe still holds the north american record in north Mount. what was that called north american all-around weightlifting so all around weightlifting he's got the zercher for sure at least last time we looked they, yeah. they have a website. 500. <clears throat> they have he a website. He has a 500 Steinborn and a 500 Zercher. Yeah. That's fucking nuts. Well, but look at but it. Yeah, still. I was about to say, this is why he's all fucked up, but goddamn. I mean, yeah. you know. It's still. That's the a boy's per- never had any stop to yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> he's still cool, though. It's still cool. It's well, real. it is cool, but God. Yeah. It's what a bad idea, yeah. man. Yeah, Steinborn is just a real bad idea. Right. You know. But no matter what amount of weight you can Steinborn, it's not anywhere near a maximal load. I mean, this, this is no. the exact same thing we were talking about last week on the functional training thing. You watch these impressive performances, but they're impressive because these individuals are incredibly strong yes. and that weight is incredibly submaximal. Yeah. Right? So, <clears throat> so it's asymmetric, but it's also not quote-unquote heavy. But it's still stupid. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I just, that's concentrated stupidity. All right. Eric Winicky. As per request, my last name is pronounced Winicky. <laughs> well, I still don't know how his name is pronounced because he didn't put an accent mark on which of did the he, syllables. Did he phonetically is, spell it? Winicky? He, he spelled it. W H E N hyphen E with an umlaut over the top of it hyphen K E Y. That's only mildly helpful. <laughs> Winuki. Winuki. Which is, you know, you had to be German to actually say that correctly. So. Thanks for nothing, Eric. <laughs> yeah, Eric. Great job there. Two questions. Is there a point? At which osteoporosis becomes irreversible. Seems logical. The answer is no, but I'm arguing against a paid expert here. She's been strongly encouraged to do little or no weightlifting and is convinced any bit of stress is going to start snapping bones. Hmm. Doc readily admits the drugs are probably useless. The drugs are not just useless, they're harmful. Right. Maybe the subject deserves its own episode. Well, you know, maybe it does. We'll give that some thought. So uh, osteoporosis becomes irreversible. I don't know, man. Uh, If you lose half your bone mineral, and I have seen pelvic specimens of uh, apparently females who, uh, in in fact, I saw this in... uh, in the Smithsonian Museum one time. Fascinating. They're just there's just a lace work of the pelvis remaining. It's the damnedest no thing you've ever seen. Wow. And uh, I would imagine that there is some point at which you just don't have enough 
bone cells left to regenerate it even in the presence of the stress because the stress that keeps the skeletal components dense is what keeps osteoporosis from happening it's not calcium it's not fosamax or any of these other drugs they've developed to do this you you your skeleton stays dense because you make it need to you you lift weights you bear load and the loading on the skeleton functions as a signaling mechanism to the, the bone cells in the skeleton to secrete bone mineral but if there's no loading then there's no signaling if there's no signaling there's no bony growth so this is this is the situation is is weight-bearing exercise is what reverses and and in fact prevents osteoporosis but is there a place a point at which that's irreversible probably but it doesn't matter doesn't matter if you're it, that far gone it doesn't make well well here's the first question i would ask because i'm not arguing with anybody about the validity of barbell training versus anything else but what i will would, what i would ask is did your doctor advise you to exercise and if the answer is yes, then we're doing barbell training. Well, because it's going to be with a wooden dowel or a ten-pound bar. Strongly encouraged <clears throat> to do little or no weightlifting. Yeah, but the who the fuck the doctor has no idea what that means. The doctor doesn't know what the term weightlifting yeah, means. Right, but did the you doctor know, say the you? The doctor you, doesn't have the slightest idea right. how we start even a frail old exactly. woman off in the weight room i have a really hard time believing that the doctor told her not to exercise i don't she think may have very told. well said don't weight lift but she yeah. did not say don't exercise no, she probably didn't say don't exercise <clears throat> nobody ever says that yeah. that's... if the if the doctor sent you home and said hey sit down and don't exercise don't move i probably wouldn't train that person but if the doctor said exercise we're going to train you know and i mean that you know an 80 year old lady can come in the gym and We've got a 22-pound bar and some And lighter. Plastic. We have a 15-pound bar. We've got a 15-pound bar, and we've got plastic plates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's something she can lift. Sure. We just show her how to do it. Might take three or four hours. Yep. You know, because of the previous comment about our inability to teach a deadlift you know 10 minutes. she only has a limited amount of time she only hopefully we can teach her before she dies <laughs> yeah oh. uh, i mean there's a there's a weight that anybody can pick up not she may not be able to squat but she can deadlift yep she can deadlift a very very light weight so that's where we start and then you know what we do the next workout go up two pounds right and we keep doing that Yep. And in a year, her medical picture is completely, completely different. Even at 81, her medical picture is completely different because as long as she's alive, she can adapt to stress at some level. We just have to pick the appropriate level of introductory stress to subject her to. And if we do our job correctly... <clears throat> then she'll get better. Right. That's all there is to it. Yep. Uh, right. Zach Milenchik, the Jew. Zach the Jew. People just joining us had had experience with our podcast know that <laughs> don't know that Zach Milenchik 
is Zach the Jew. Right. Now, we don't call him that. He calls himself, himself that. that. Yeah. Or at least he used to. So I don't want to hear anti-Semitism shit. Right? Well, we love Semites. Semites <laughs> make love the them. world go round. Yeah. And if you don't believe it, <laughs> just Some ask the Q Clutch Clan. We love we them. Some we of love, our love Semites. Some of our best friends are Semites. Some yeah. of our best friends owe Semites a lot of money. Some of our best. <laughs> Some of our best politicians are Semites. (laughs) Yes, our friend Chuck Schumer, he's a Semite, isn't he? Some of the some of our politicians' bosses are good Semites. I don't know. It's hard to be mad at Netanyahu, isn't it? He's kind of a badass at one time, wasn't he? Yeah. All right. Now. Anyway. All right. So anyway, Zach has a question about programming theory in the deadlift. If I understand correctly for intermediate lifters, on squats we use a volume day to drive tonnage that disrupts homeostasis along with intensity days to drive the adaptation we receive in the direction of more strength. For the deadlift, however, the gray book and advice given in various starting strength channels leaves out volume or really much of any heavy deadlift work outside of one set of five for quite a long time. Yeah. Right. Other pulls are usually light, cleans, and snatches, which don't drive deadlift strength, or even rows. Is the reason for a lack of volume work on the deadlift its inherently stressful nature, its interaction with the squat, or some other reason? All the above. All the above, yep. Both. Yeah, all of that shit. Primarily, you start doing a bunch of volume on pulls from a dead stop on the floor, and you are going to be overtrained pretty quickly. Yep. It's just not necessary because you're squatting so yeah, heavy so often. Necessary. Why would you do more than you need to? Yeah. And Minimum <clears throat> effective dose, Zach. People, people revisit that concept. All right. Not maximum tolerable dose, but minimum effective dose is what we're trying to use here. People will uh, will head towards thinking they need more deadlift volume, um, and they'll start doing that because uh, it's easier. Yeah. Yeah, volume's always easier than a PR. One set of five. five set of five. Go up five pounds. I mean, how You've many got... people are we familiar with who have come to us for coaching having been dead-ass stuck with no PRs for a year and a half I've because got... of that yep. very thing? I can think of three people right now. Happens all the time. Yeah, that have come to me. Happens been all stuck, time. Been stuck for over a year. Not, haven't had a single PR, mm-hmm. a, a meaningful PR in in, uh, in a year. It's crazy. You know, I've I've been asking this on the board recently, and I can't get anybody to, you know, rise to the bait. What is it about a bunch of volume that makes you stronger? What is it about lightweight and higher reps that makes you stronger? It's just a perception of how hard you're working and, and that you're somehow doing hypertrophy. That's all hypertrophy. it is. Hypertrophy. Yeah. <clears throat> Why it makes your muscles bigger. Yeah, but it doesn't. It Does it really? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Does it really make your muscles bigger? Or is it the anivar right, right, and right. winstrol and dianabol exactly. and testosterone that made your muscles bigger while you were doing sets of 8 to that, 12 reps? That the guys who sold you the program are, are doing, doing yeah, are all are making good. them yes. bigger, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's kind of a problem. Because people can't sort through these things. It but sounds, hey, I mean, you I got told, all the ex-fizz people saying that, that high reps 
make muscle sure. belly diameter increase. But look, we talked about this just recently. It's it's that's uh, that is job security because I I get these people and put them on a simpler program that makes way more sense and it's heavier. They enjoy it. And it makes me look like a goddamn genius. <laughs> it makes me look like a genius. Like I just undid this stupid shit that this person was doing for you for the last year, and you right. ha- you were beat up, frustrated because you haven't hit a PR. Yeah, don't understand your programming at all because it's like twelve weeks long with all these ridiculous phases cycles, with names, yeah. with, yeah, with just, names you know, associated with complexity them. Complexity for its own sake. Yeah, it's all yeah. It is. And then I and then I get them hitting PRs again every month or and, or more often. You know, and uh, and it's like I'm a genius and I'm not, dude. It's but, <laughs> it's simple. It's real. But it's you real have simple. a guy. <laughs> you have a guy that's actually willing to work that hard. Yeah. Well, it's a, that's but a great who's point. willing to put up with yep. no PRs for a year. Yeah, it's a great client for sure. That's a good client. Yeah. You know he's yeah. not going to quit because he should have. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He should have had any had any sense he would already have right. quit. Yeah, that's the yeah. other benefit for me is like they serve as a filter for these people and they uh, they, <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. They want to work that hard for that long and not get a P, like just the promise of eventually a PR eventually, maybe here two or three years from now you're going to put five <laughs> pounds on your squat. <laughs> And think of how hypertrophied you're going to be. Oh, just think you'll be, (laughs) why, you'll be huge. Huge. And then. And then after you get huge. Then. Then you're going to get a five-pound PR. Then the PRs start coming. That's right. (laughs) You've got to get huge first. You've got to get huge first. It's very smart. And huge comes from 8 to 12 reps, 7 or 8 sets. Of (laughs) D-ball. Well, the D-ball. Well, that actually actually (laughs) is effective. (laughs) Uh, if you're taking D-ball where you're doing 8 to 12 reps of 7 sets of 8 to 12 reps or whatever you're going to you're going to PR everything cuz yeah. D-ball produ- produces a wonderfully anabolic <laughs> environment Sure does and will make your coach look like he knows exactly what yeah, right? he's doing Yeah right Yeah Yep Oh shit All right now, let's see here. I think that one has been. Hey, there we go. Transparency. All right. strength. Here's a guy that says, <laughs> as much as I enjoy the comments from the haters segment, I do worry about the long-term negative implications to Rip's mental health. I do, too. From dealing with these low IQ turd burglars. I do, too. <laughs> I hope that Nick, Rusty, and Bree, and the rest of the crew find it in their hearts to have a comments from the lovers segment at some point. We've soon. done that. Reinforce with Rip that there are far more supporters than there are idiot troglodytes spewing nonsense and hate. Yeah. No, also, we've done that. I do really enjoy the Ask a Jew segment. Good. Good. Yeah. All right. The not anti-Semitic Ask a Jew segment. We've done we've done comments from the lovers, and it, you hated it. You thought it was boring, it's boring. as shit. It's boring yeah. as fuck. Yeah. I mean, we've got a dick. I just hate everything. Though. Well, that's true. Yeah. See, I'm worried about our mental <clears throat> health dealing with Rip's mental health. <laughs> well, that would have. There's, there's, uh, that would, there's, that yeah. would be, I mean, there's you follow being on the effects. employees, that's probably <laughs> a reasonable thing to, <laughs> yeah. a reasonable <laughs> thing to be worried about. Because the health care around here sucks. <laughs> Boy, it does. It is Wichita Falls. Yeah. We do have to dig for for these uh, hater comments, though. They're not they're know. not as uh, yeah prevalent as they used to yeah. be. Really? Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
Well, y'all keep them coming. <laughs> All right. Now, here's the question for my question. In the past, I believe Rip has mentioned he likes to cook his steaks by using the reverse sear method, where he starts with a low temperature, roasts the steak, then pulls the steak from the oven and places it into a hot pan to get a nice sear for the crust. Uh, this is very similar to using the sous vide. Uh, Oof, trigger. The, the, uh, that's, that's what Carter does. Yeah, right to now. everything. He doesn't eat anything he can't put in the toilet tank. <laughs> put it in a plastic bag, put it in the toilet tank. I, let me leave it for three or four days. Get it out. It's, let me defend my is, my friend Brent Carter perfect. real quick. It's it's, it's a, perfect. It's a great way to reheat food. The way he does it is is kind of smart in some ways. But All right, well, he, hey, let me tell you this though. He this he, got he, this backwards. he admitted he admitted to me at the seminar. He's like. I, and he, pro- I'm sure he didn't say this to you, but he's oh, like, no, no. It's like fucking Rip was right. He's like, sous vide steaks, nothing like grilled steak. He actually said that. He said that. Wow. I hear it is on the record. He, now he told that to me in confidence, so now we're probably not friends anymore. But <laughs> no, whatever. Well, you got too many friends already. Yeah, I do. Anyway. Fuck. What yeah, do you I need? Use, more buddies. More, yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. All right. All right. So, look, look, you got this wrong. <clears throat> Yeah, right. you, you did it ba- You did it no, the other way. This is what I do, okay? I preheat the oven to 500, which is not a – that's not a uh, low-temperature roast. It's a 500-degree oven. Yeah. All right? And then, at the same time, I will turn on the cast-iron pan, and I'll get it hot, hot. And then I will – Put a little bit of oil, put a little olive oil just to have a fry surface, so I caramelize the surface of the meat, on one side of the steak, and I'll put it down, and it's making a lot of noise because right. it's hot. And then I will salt. No, that's not what I do. Then I turn it over. After it's and I might leave it on there a minute, because all I want to do is sear the Yep. But I want it seared, but I want some caramelization. I want brown sear, not just a gray sear, but a brown sear. I want it to actually cook the surface of the steak, probably down an eighth of an inch. All right. Then I turn that over to the other raw side and do the same thing. And then I will season the cooked side on top. And I'll just use salt and pepper. Sometimes I might use something extravagant like Lowry's or Montreal steak seasoning Crazy. or something, you know, whatever Crazy. I'm in the mood for. Yeah. And then I will take that. Now I've got both sides seared, put it in on the cookie sheet. And then I will season the side I just took off the hot iron. Right. And then I will stick it in the oven in the 500 degree preheated oven. Just bring it up to temperature. <clears throat> and. I will stick it in there for a period of time that corresponds to the thickness of the steak. Now, if it's a thin steak, which I don't normally do, but if I want to do it this way, I can do four minutes in the oven with a a steak that's only an inch thick. But an inch and a half steak, I'll put in for probably five, maybe five and a half minutes depending on how cooked it got on the hot iron. 
And then what you do is you run a timer. Now, don't fuck around about this. Run a timer. And jerk that thing out of there at the right amount of time and then set it on top of the stove. And it will finish cooking on top of the stove. It will rest for 10 minutes. And then you take the thing out of the pan, you put it on your plate, and you cut it, and it is perfectly medium rare all the way through the cross section of the steak. Yeah, that's not a reverse sear. I don't know why people like this reverse uh, sear shit. It doesn't make any it's sense just to me. The backwards part of that, and, and it's it's really imprecise. And I, I are you anti thermometer? I just don't need it if I do it like that. Yeah, because if you, I mean, if you if you're worried about the time thing, just stick a thermometer in it when it's one twenty five. Take it out and then let it sit for ten minutes. It'll it'll heat it'll up run to up to one thirty two or thirty three. It'll be perfect. Yeah, <clears throat> um, but that's the net effect of that is the same. It's the same it? thing. But yeah, people do this reverse sear where they that's, stick it in the oven for how until it's like a hundred and whatever fifteen degrees and then sear it. I don't know why you would do that if you can sear it first and then just bring you, it up to temperature. You sear it first and then use the time. Yeah, there's no benefit used to doing a timer. it the other way. Now, I have I used of. a timer on a two-inch thick steak and left it in for like seven or eight minutes. Works fine. Yep. It's just a little bit longer. So once the thing gets real thick, now you're, you're getting into roast territory, sure. not steak. Sure. But if you, if you do, uh, uh, you know, an inch and a half steak, which is my favorite thickness for a steak. You you do that five and a half, six minutes. I'd probably go six minutes most of the time on, on a full inch and a half steak. Take it out. Let it rest. Let all the noise stop in the pan, you know. And the whole time it's in the pan resting, the temperature in the middle which is where you would put your thermometer is going to increase. And we've, we've done that a hundred times and we right. know that's how it works. Yep. Yeah. The heat just distributes. It keeps cooking. Yeah. Keeps cooking. The only time I'll do that reverse thing is if uh, like I'll, I'll get those big fat giant ribeyes, yeah. bone in ribeyes. Uh, they're not, they're not prime. So they're, you know, they're not that they're okay. They're not that great, but I'll, right. I'll cook those in the smoker at like 225 right. until it's about 110 degrees. And then, uh, and then sear and then it sear afterwards. It, sear the smoke into it. And then that's delicious. It. Yeah, it's really good. Oh, that's good. a good idea. I've never thought about that. Yeah, and then you don't end up with an undercooked middle, and it's uh, and then and then it it, it, it makes it taste better because you've cooked it slowly for about an hour and a half before searing right. it. Right. And you got the smoke on there. Oh man, it's really good. You know, and for a for a really really prime piece of meat, you really don't want the smoke on it. Yeah. You know, and that took me a long time to learn that because I always thought one well, of the smokes part of the steak, you know. Yep. But that's not that's not necessarily true. You don't have uh if you've got a a, a sufficiently high quality steak, you don't need the smoke For on sure. it. You want right. to taste the beef. For sure. You know, if the thing is prime, if it's been fed correctly, if it's been aged, if it's been aged, especially. If it's been aged, if it's four-week dry age, yep. you don't want smoke on that. It interferes with your ability to enjoy this quality piece of meat. And if you look at it, all of the good steakhouses, the good ones that serve prime beef. Yeah, they're using broilers. They uh, they either use a broiler or, or hot iron. Yep. That's what they do. You're going to have the Pappas Brothers. 
there's not a wood fire within a mile of the building. Right. You know, it doesn't have anything to do with wood. So just keep that in mind. All right. Now, uh, rip. You heard of having night sweats after a stressful lifting session. I experienced these one or two nights after lifting heavy, most commonly after a set of deadlifts or rack pulls. They can also occur after heavy sets of the other exercises. If I go on vacation and stop lifting for a week or so, I will have no night sweats. 50 years old, generally healthy, recent labs have been normal. Thank you for your insight. I wonder if this is a female. It's not. I think I think yeah. I know that guy. He's one of my clients. I've, I've gotten that though. I you, you've never, never had that. No. Now not never. anymore. But at the beginning I would. No, I never have. At uh, the beginning I would, and then when I first started doing really hard uh, martial arts stuff, I would get that too. No, I, I I can't help you with that. I haven't had. And any, it's like a cold sweat, you know. Type I haven't thing. had any experience with that. Now I, but I sleep under a fan six months of the year i have a yeah. fan blowing on me while i'm asleep well i do too now so, so it it you know may maybe just, maybe just maybe uh, i'm doing it don't notice it but right. i no i can't say as i've ever noticed that i've always been a super hot sleeper sounds like it you know yeah i have to yeah i i sleep with a sheet half the time yeah just a sheet yeah if you're not using a fan put a get a fan yeah and, and yeah you need there's fan. stuff you can do like they have mattress coolers now i don't know how good they are but you know just get a fan and stick a fan uh, on yourself little little you know little fan blowing on you yep will just keep the sweat evaporated as it comes up you'll sleep a hell of a lot more comfortably and and one other advantage to the fan is the camouflage noise mm-hmm. sure right the white noise quiet noise and uh, it keeps keeps the dog from waking right. you up if you're in a hotel you just little toenails on the yeah. floor yeah if you're in a hotel you just bring the ac down to like 64 oh yeah Bring but the, the problem I've noticed now constant fan switch. Yeah, the problem I've noticed now is a, a lot of places. Well, it's probably because it's so damn hot. But um, this is now for the last two years. Like the hotel ACs don't aren't don't get cold anymore. So it's like you're you're in like a seventy two degree. They don't get cleaned anymore. Well, that's probably right. <laughs> no, that's that's probably up. right. Yeah, it's yeah. like the room is seventy two degrees. So yeah, you know, shit, man. I've thought about bringing a fan with me when I travel. Yeah. In fact. All right, what's your musical equivalent to do your fives? Simple advice, every musician should just shut up and follow instead of focusing on less valuable things. Well, play your scales, I guess. Yeah. Play your scales, you know. You're playing your scales. Your your fingers are doing all the things they need to do. And your brain is doing all the things it needs to do. And what is embedding itself in your brain is... The way things sound in, in a progression. Court. Yeah. Yep. The way things sound in a court. You're just learning that as you know, through osmosis. And later on, when it comes time for you to try to start improvising, you've got all the tools already with you because you know what notes fit together because you've played your scales. And if you want to be a good musician, you have to play every single day it's, you, yeah it's practice you it's cannot practice dependent yeah you cannot skip it's not days. training dependent it's practice there are some equivalents in the two-factor model to musical performance there are some equivalents practice 
would be playing the tunes and that in your book mm-hmm. that you're going to perform. That's practice. Yep. And training would be your scales. Scales. Yep. Training is scales. Long tones mm-hmm. for a bla- brass player. Long tones is training. This sort of thing. So there's there's some carryover between our two factor model and music performance too. That's how brilliant we are. <clears throat> We've produced a model that applies to everything. To everything. Everything. You you realize you people don't realize how valuable we are to you. <laughs> I want you to think about that. And then and then bitch to me about $75 a year. <laughs> then bitch to me. Okay. All right. Baldwin, guy named Baldwin. The one that didn't kill that poor fucking girl yeah. on the movie set, I guess. Wasn't his fault, though, right? Wasn't his fault. Wasn't his fault. Wasn't his fault. No, no. Some, somebody else's fault. How many people have oh. shot somebody on camera? And just and not gone to jail. walked away from it. Not gone to jail. He, he's good. <laughs> and and been belligerent about about accusations. Yeah. You know, belligerent <laughs> about the girl. Well, he about shot the girl too. Yeah, that's he true. shot two people. Yeah, he because he shot the, one person. It went through that person and yeah. killed the other person. Yeah, it was like the camera operator and yeah. the director of photography. Oh, I didn't know that <laughs> he, he shot two people. two people, killed one on camera in front of people. And walked away from it. Yeah, and they played that for the jury, and of course they didn't get to do that because he's a Democrat. Isn't that amazing? Such an amazing deal. All right. Advice on blood pressure. This is not this Baldwin's fault, obviously. (laughs) Advice on blood pressure. Found out my blood pressure had been high. Yes, I did check to make sure they were using the correct cuff. Recently, the primary care physician put me on BP medications, which has improved my blood pressure from 160 to 100, over 100 to 130 over 80. He also started me on testosterone and said I would feel better with the testosterone level over 900. Well, now that's interesting. That's a very interesting hmm. development That's very interesting there. because there's not three primary care physicians on the surface of the planet <laughs> that have got that much sense. And definitely none that would give you testosterone if your blood pressure was high. Yeah. Right. Right, because everyone, yeah, they all think, you know. Well, he needs to hold on to this doctor then. Yeah, don't get, don't lose this guy. Any advice on training tips that can help improve improve blood pressure numbers? Currently, I'm thirty nine five three one ninety. Hold on. Wait, say that again. Hold on. Five three. I'm thirty nine five three one ninety. Squats five hundred, bench three eighty (laughs) five, deadlift five hundred, press two forty (laughs) five. With a testosterone under 900. Well, <laughs> that's all right. Now, look. Um, <laughs> training doesn't actually affect your blood pressure <clears throat> in a negative way. Not training affects it in a negative way, but training doesn't affect it in a negative way. But you are 5'3 and you weigh 190. You might find that if you are concerned about your blood pressure, and I'm not necessarily saying you should be. In fact, I don't know that I would take the blood pressure medication if I was 160 over 100. I don't know that I would take it. What I think I might do is drop down to 175 and see what that does to it. I don't think you need to be any lighter than that. 
But, I mean, you're handling decent numbers. Oh, he's good to go. Mm-hmm. You you, know. He should consider, is my opinion, but I've seen this over and over and over again in, in clients and myself, too. But, you know, weight loss, number one, but also get a sleep study or just buy a fucking CPAP and start yeah. using it. And I bet your blood pressure goes down within a week. Yeah, no, that's a real good point. Yeah, if he's, if he's heavy, short, he's probably not breathing well at night. Yeah. I would imagine that at 5'3", 190, he's... he's probably having breathing problems while he's asleep now the first thing i would try is the oxymetazoline because you don't it's less drama right uh a cpap machine i don't know that i could get used to that you know i don't know that i could go to sleep wearing a contraption on my head yeah it takes a couple days well most people takes a couple days to get used to uh but I think I would start paying attention to my nasal health and see if the oxymetazoline opens up the airway enough to let you sleep without any any problems. And if you still have uh, your, your blood pressure still elevated, because sleep apnea will elevate your blood pressure. Yep. Because you never rest. Right. You never rest. And it's it's terribly stressful. And a CPAP's a wonderful machine if you can adapt to it. I know people that just just, just change their lives, you know. So, but uh, I don't know. I think I'd be thinking in terms of losing about fifteen pounds of body weight. And uh, yeah, that might take care of it. Just might take care of it automatically. Yeah, know. I don't. I don't know much about blood pressure medication, but I know you don't want to be taking shit every day. I'm not going to take that's, it. Yeah, that's uh, fuck, just, man. F- figure out what's going on. Yeah, I think I would correct the source of the problem instead of laying a medication in on top yeah. of it. Our our yeah. buddy Stan Efferding is big into this stuff, so get his book, look at his videos. There's a lot of shit on blood pressure from Stan. Right, <clears throat> Stan's a good guy. I'm glad we know him. Uh, all right. Last question. I remember on a podcast long ago, you mentioned you used to mow lawns during your competition days. Can you please go into more detail on how you manage that? Did you eat between houses so your energy stores wouldn't be too low for lifting? Did you struggle to get enough sleep after a long day? Did you drink a lot more water, especially during hot days? I'm curious because I've been working on the grounds crew at golf courses. Walk, mow the greens, water dry spots, hand rake bunkers, etc. For 16 years, and sometimes I'm too exhausted to do the weight and reps I'm supposed to do if I burn too many calories at work. I try to refuel at lunchtime, but sometimes my afternoon job is very physically demanding and or I sweat so much that my muscles cramp on warm-ups, even though I tried replenishing the correct amount of electrolytes at lunch and during the afternoon. All right. Let me just say something real quick. I, right. I would guess that you didn't think about it that hard, right? I just ate a lot. You just ate a lot hungry and lifted and worked. Time. Yeah. And my appetite usually took care of my energy requirements. You know, I I was a fearsome motherfucker a long time ago <laughs> around an all-you-can-eat thing. <laughs> you know, I was, I was the enemy of profit. And... Uh, so, no, eating enough wasn't ever really a problem for me. Uh, 
Now, what, you know, if you, uh, I kind of, I would have kind of a, a rule that when I, by the time I drank two gallons of water, I'd quit. In a day? Yeah. Okay. I'd quit. Yeah. If I was sweating my ass off, that is still dangerous. Sure. Yeah. Hyponatremia yeah. kills people. Yeah. You know, when you dilute your sodium levels to the point, you can, it's possible to do, uh, dilute your sodium levels to the point where your, your the blood salinity, your serum salinity is, is low, and then your brain swells and bad things. There was a, there's an international story a couple yeah, months ago that recently. about it that happened. woman. Yeah, it happens all the time, though. It happens all the time. I know a girl that did that. Goddamn idiots! At the, they sent her home from the hospital for something and told her to drink a lot of water. So she drank a lot of water and damn near killed herself. Yeah. And uh, so you you've got to monitor that. If you're in a situation where you're having to drink that much water, you probably ought to invest in some salt tablets. But you definitely are going to have to supplement potassium. And potassium pills, they're, they're, ex, they're more expensive than just buying potassium citrate powder and taking that. All right. I just used to take potassium gluconate tablets, and I might take 20 a day. But, but here's, the, all right, here's the numbers on potassium. I mean, potassium is the most soluble of the electrolytes after sodium but sodium's present in all of our foods and everything so most people don't have problems with sodium levels in less extreme circumstances like you're out grubbing mesquites in wichita falls in 106 weather and shit which i used to do and i would take two gallons of water with me and i'd I'd, and i was completely soaked there was yeah you know obviously you know, every stitch of clothing on me was, if I had any on, was clothed, was soaked completely. I run and sweat for three or four hours. Right. Uh, so you need to take some extra salt, a situation like that. But potassium, the recommended daily allowance of potassium is 3,500 milligrams, three and a half grams. And if you buy potassium gluconate tablets, those are 99 milligrams of potassium per tablet. In other words, if you're going to get all of your daily potassium from tablets, you'd have to take 35 of them. And, it, you know, people just, that's the math. Yeah. That's the math. All right. So you can't just take one or two potassium tablets. It's, it's pointless. You have to take 10 or 15 or 20 of them. Because you can't take too much potassium orally. That would be hyperkalemia, and that does not happen very often. I don't know what circumstances it would happen in unless you were taking some kind of a, some kind of medication that would, would – uh, interfere with your ability to excrete potassium because your kidneys take care of potassium real easily 
So, yeah, I drank a lot of water on hot days. You have to. You know, but in terms of my ability to, to train under those circumstances, you just get used to it. A lot of people train with hard physical jobs. I was young yep. and stupid and, you know, couldn't be hurt. And, yeah, you, you can do it. Just eat more than you want to. Take a bunch of potassium. Drink a bunch of water. Salt the piss out of your food. And you'll be fine. I didn't want to leave the table. Did you see that? <laughs> Did I miss something? Let me see. Muscles cramp in the warm-ups. He probably wanted me to address the cramps, all right? Paper <laughs> wanted me to address the cramps. Look at that. Cramps is the, <laughs> is the potassium and, and the sodium. All right, there are four electrolyte minerals on your nerves. There's potassium, sodium, magnesium, and calcium. And those are the electrolytes that transmit uh, the uh, action potentials down your axons to the muscle. And... Uh, if all of those are taken care of, I tell you what I used to do when I was. Now that I think about this, I would take six or eight multiple minerals a day, and you find a multiple mineral that is that's composed of twice as much calcium as magnesium. So you'll say two tablets would provide. 1,000 milligram calcium, 500 milligram magnesium, and then the rest of the trace minerals are in there. Right. You take three or four of those a day, five or six a day, and uh, salt the piss out of your food, take some extra potassium, and you'll be fine in the heat. You'll be fine in the heat. And, uh, yeah, you know, I never really had any trouble with it. Really didn't. All right, well, that's the last of the paper Q&A questions. You guys got anything else you want to talk about? No, it's just hot. Hot, man. It's hot. It's hot in Texas. Hot. It's weird because it's never hot in Texas. <laughs> no, nah, it's never hot in Texas. It's probably global Except warming. every year for four months. <laughs> no, it's global warming. It's global warming. We need to just accept Can you imagine it. imagine how stupid everybody is? <laughs> this is amazing. Most profound pseudoscience in history of the human race is global warming. Profound pseudoscience. It predicts nothing correctly and never has, and it cannot be falsified. It's the textbook definition of a pseudoscience. But it's settled. But all the scientists who are getting paid to have this opinion agree that it's a problem. Amazingly enough. It'll be solved soon. Smart cities are coming. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah, shit. I don't know. <laughs> it just seems like the whole Western civilization has just, has just crested the wave and is sliding downhill as fast as it possibly can. And everybody's just happy to go along with it. Yep. Man. Well, anyway. No point in crying.
crying over spilled milk, right? It's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going well, to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting, <laughs> I'll tell you. All right, thank you. All right, you guys uh, join us again next week, would you? Right here on Starting Strength Radio, and we'll just see what kind of fun shit we can come up with to talk about. Here. See you then. Mm-hmm.